All eyes are on Jerome Powell and FOMC today to see what's going to happen with interest rates. Will the stock market finally correct? Are we going to get the crash that our uh, Macro Monday crew has seen coming for a long time? And what would happen to Bitcoin if that does? I've got investing legend John Nigerian here joining me to discuss. And of course, Texas West Capital, Christopher Inks on the back and sharing his charts and trades. Another epic Wednesday. Let's go. Let's go. What is up, everybody? I'm Scott Melker, also known as the Wolf of All Streets. Before we get started, please subscribe to the channel and hit that like button. As I said in the introduction there, Bitcoin has been correcting a bit, but to me, a pretty much a non-event. But it seems that the world is holding their breath yet again to see what Jerome is going to, Powell is going to say, how he's going to say it, if he might wink or snort or giggle at the wrong moment. If the guy farts, markets are off 10%, guys. We know how this goes, right? I've got legend John Nigerian here to discuss that and what he thinks is coming for the markets. I've got this hyperbolic title, you know, like if stocks will crash, will Bitcoin go with it? Last year, you and I were kind of uh, pointing out that they needed to stop their tightening and chill out or they were going to break something. Where do you stand right now with how the market just seems to only go up regardless of uh, news or or anything fundamentally underlying uh, what's happening? Well, um, Last year, uh, when you you and I were talking uh, in particular about uh, all the various inflationary measures and what the Fed would do, well, they moved too far too fast this year and through last year into this year, uh, but they didn't break anything except some banks back in March. And for the most part, we'd probably agree that those banks got broken because they were breakable, number one. And because they screwed up, um, they had too much, uh, you know, that duration risk that we were all hit talking about every day in March. Uh, they had too much in treasuries, not enough in just deposits in the banks. Uh, because, of course, just like Wonderful Life, uh, your money is in, in Scott's house, John. It's not here. It's not in the bank. It's in Scott's house. Um, I wish all it was. Of that, all of that is true. It is not in the bank, but they need to have enough to be able to handle things that can get out of hand really fast, like that bank run that we saw. And that's what took down those three banks, really, were those bank runs. Those banks were fine. They weren't deficit. They didn't invest in the real estate market. But sadly, they took the Fed at their word two years earlier when they said, Lower for longer, you know, we might never raise rates again. And all I mean, sudden, there were also requirements as to what the banks were allowed to put their money in. They literally had to be in those long duration treasuries basically by policy. So I, I, that yeah. was the, the the craziest thing to me about the entire just running back in my mind, Silicon Valley Bank and all these. A, was it was all like the crypto and tech banks. That's one side. But B, is that Powell was completely dismissive that the Fed or any policy had anything to do with it. Like yes. the fact that they said that, that they went uh, higher faster than ever in history and absolutely smashed the holdings of these banks like that had nothing to do with it. Yeah, it was just like Tom Cruise in the beginning of Maverick, Top Gun, <laughs> you know, where he just blows the, the roof off of that uh, guard post and so forth. 
um, with Ed Harris standing out there next to it. Um, that is what the Fed did. They moved it way too fast. Um, that caught businesses. It caught a lot of commercial real estate. Um, it caught some, uh, uh, just a, a whole bunch, Scott, of the uh, small cap stocks. Um, I mainly trade big cap stocks, but I do help and invest in a lot of small cap stocks because, you know, you can get 40x, 50x in those, just like you can with Bitcoin, you know, if you are smart enough like you to buy it at 100 bucks. Yeah, now it's 41, 42,000. Um, you don't get a lot of opportunities like that in the stock market. You know, every once in a while, of course, you get an Amazon that goes to two or three bucks in 2000. Um, and now is, you know, where it is. And you have, a, you know, a life, a life changing amount of money. Uh, but for the most part, uh, those small cap stocks were not able to borrow anymore, Scott. All those doors got slammed shut yeah. with Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, um, with all of the uh, tighter regulations. Uh, they didn't enforce tighter regulations, but the banks did on themselves. And in many cases, those runs that we saw, I, I would put squarely on the Fed and mismanagement at those banks. But when you think about it, March was basically eight months ago. And look at what, you know, and the Fed has moved on rates since March, but then went to the pausing cycle, and we're about to get another one today. And look at, did they destroy the market? No, the market is resilient as hell. And now the market's betting just like it was afraid. Now it's getting perhaps a little overly exuberant right here. But didn't they want to break the market? That was sort of the narrative the entire time was we either need to break employment or we need to break the market. And they've seemingly done neither. So it kind of surprises me, actually, that we're not seeing more hikes. Because yeah. in theory, in this, in this in theory, in this environment, and we know that Powell will, I think his tone will remain hawkish, right? They're gonna, he's gonna say pause, but job not done. He's gonna say, I don't know why people are speculating on a pivot. We have no intention of doing that. That's what I think will happen. But if unemployment is still going down, it went from like 3.8 to 3.6 in the last report, and the market is still ripping, you would think that they would just keep pushing to bring inflation down further, even though we all know inflation is probably just going to fall at this point based on what they've done in the past. Yeah. And uh, the, the only contra to that is that uh, Janet Yellen is saying she sees 2% in the cards for inflation. And that woman hasn't been right about anything, not <laughs> her personal style not inflationary <laughs> pressures brought by uh, too much cash thrown at all of us collectively by Congress and then signed into law by the president and so forth. She hasn't been right about anything. Um, so the fact that she sees it going back down to two, that's the reason that I'd kind of step away from, <laughs> from that. I, I don't think we're going to get cuts as fast as people think Me because we're already down to 4.2. You know, we, we were, were supposed five, to remember we were 10. supposed. Yeah. I mean, we were supposed to literally have three cuts by now. If you look at predictive markets from eight months ago, the predictive yep. markets have been utterly and horribly wrong. I, I think they just keep pausing and see what happens. So there's no reason for them to cut unless it's for Biden. Right. I mean, it's unless it's for a political election for politics or to make sure that the incumbent wins. Yeah, I would agree. There's uh, I, I don't see cuts in the cards, but. Quite obviously, three pauses gave us 90 bips worth of easing 
on that tenure from over five to now. It last week it was yeah, four ten. This week it's four twenty or whatever. I mean, uh, that's that's going to give the markets uh, a nice little uh, lift into twenty twenty four, I believe, because uh, people will be looking for uh, opportunities from some of, and I think some of them. Um, I'm not just talking my book, Scott. I really do think we're going to see a lot of small cap stocks start making big comebacks next year. I agree. If I, rates come down here like this. If rates keep coming down. So here's the question. Like, if you look at the endless array of speeches by Fed governors, right? We get like 10 of them a week. Um, all of them, they say that we're still going to be, the Fed funds futures rate will still be above 5% at the end of 2024. They're not talking about this pivot at all. They're not talking about these cuts. Then you go to Wall Street and they think we'll be at three and a half, four percent. You know, like we're talking about one, two percent cuts from here. That's a huge disconnect, which to your point before means that the market might be way too optimistic. Powell has never changed his tone in a single one of these meetings yet. He's never indicated that we're going to get that pivot. Right. And you're 100 percent correct on that, Scott. Um, he's been actually extremely transparent. Um, they've done what they said they were going to do. Um, and that's why, you know, the CME tool right now for measuring this is at 99.9%. I mean, the, the only thing is, as you said, could he screw, could he misspeak? He could. He's not a bumbling idiot, obviously. No. I, I, I mean him no disrespect. Janet Yellen, I do mean disrespect. But uh, Jerome Powell, I don't mean him disrespect. I think he's done what he said he's going to do and that we're likely to uh, get exactly what you said. We're not done yet, so don't think we're going to start cutting, but we think it's moving in the right direction. I think that kind of talk, again, will spark further gains uh, on Wall Street. Yeah, I mean, I talk about this all the time. The pivot usually comes before the stock market corrects. Right, because they don't generally pivot until something is broken. So I said, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they would hike, but I would be the same goes for I would be surprised if they just don't pause sort of indefinitely here. Like, why yeah. would they pivot? Why would they put liquidity back into the market at this point at all if things aren't going so well? Unemployment's low, the stock market's high. Like, why do anything? Yeah, I, I agree. They would uh, uh, they would have wrecked what they meant to do um, by doing that. They would have uh, the pain that they probably suffered at cocktail parties and going before Congress and the like. Um, the pain that they suffered would be amplified if they all of a sudden started cutting, because we'd be right back into an inflationary cycle like like that. Um, but they can stay pause. Um, and, you know, if they had a hot reading here or there, could they give us one more hike? I guess so. But it's not in the cards right now, not from the data we see, Scott. And that's just because bonds are ripping and yields are coming down so hard. It's basically doing the job for them, correct? I mean, that's really what correct. we're saying here. Yep. Do you think and that they knew that? In a while, yeah. Every once yeah. in a while, they get a uh, something like gasoline prices when they went up in the summer. Uh, that was good for the Fed. Um, not that they want to hurt us necessarily, but they figure people won't spend as freely on other discretionary things, if a non-discretionary thing like you going to and from work in your car costs you more money, you'll have less to spend on those discretionary things, which again, 
supply and demand. So if all of a sudden you take a little bit of the demand off the table, um, you've got uh, supply is going to start building, and that's just what it did. And now uh, even with OPEC Plus agreeing on 1.3 million barrels a day of cuts, and that's before Saudi or Russia do theirs, um, crude oil is back down in the low 70s. Yeah, Mike McGlone comes on every Monday, and he really thinks that oil is going back down to the 40s a barrel. Wow. Well, I love Mike. I think he's wrong. It's an here. aggressive take. Yeah, no. Yeah, listen, we we argue we argue a lot uh, on Mondays because we have yeah, him I every Monday. And there's but he's a good guy. That's yeah, one of the best are. guys. Um, not only just a, a great technician, but a really good guy. Yeah, I, I would be surprised to see oil that low as well. But does this mean at this point that this recession just isn't happening? Like the most forecasted non-existent recession in history? I mean, I like to point out the fact that it seems like we just kind of got it and it was quiet and there was a recession in Europe and certainly still is. So maybe that's the recession. But I mean, did, did they literally thread this needle and do the soft landing that I've been saying was impossible for all these years? Am I dead ass wrong about Jerome Powell? <laughs> well, it, it's been a rolling recession, I would say. And my, my statement is we were in a recession last year by every known measure. We were in a recession last year. Um, and what happened? Well, communication stocks were down 55%. Um, IT stocks, um, a bunch of the areas, discretionary spending was down big last year, over 40%. Um, now, they're not the measures of a recession, of course, but I'm saying the recession rolled from there to now many of those stocks doing much better. Um, obviously, IT stocks, obviously discretionary spending. What I have found kind of interesting, Scott, is that um, Abercrombie & Fitch, American Eagle Out, uh, Outfitters and so forth, AEO, um, name-specific brands haven't done well in the last right. couple reports. But you know who has? The big box retailers that sell everything. So they don't just sell Nike. Um, uh, they don't just sell um, Abercrombie and Fitch. They sell everything. So people go in, whether it's online or in the stores, and they have a greater selection. People aren't as much into going in and buying those at those retailers that I just named, uh, Abercrombie and so forth. Uh, and that has uh, been something very recognizable. They're all, after earnings, every one of those kinds of stocks was down 10 or 12, maybe even 15%. And meanwhile, Macy's, even before this bid came in, um, they were in there Crushing. you know, shopping yeah. aggressively at Macy's. Yeah. There's been this narrative that it's been effectively seven stocks that have carried the entire market, right? Obviously, the tech sector, the NVIDIAs and Metas and Amazons and Apples of the world. Yeah. What happens if they correct? I mean, do you think we're at a point where we're still kind of looking at the seven of them to define what's going to happen? I mean, if, you know, if NVIDIA drops 30%, what happens to the stock market? Um, well, and it did have that big drop from 500 when it broke 500 all the way back down to I think it briefly had a three-handle again, certainly right. down into the low 400s. Um, not a 30%, but you know a pretty significant correction. And then the US government said, you know what? We're not gonna let you sell those high-end chips to China anymore, so take that off the, uh, and they did. 
they have uh, basically started to put out the numbers, what they're going to look like when that goes away. But I, I think you're right when you talk to me, for instance, about uh, TLT. I, we had a big trade just the other day. When was it? Uh, in fact, two days ago. TLT, we had 21,000 February 103 calls bought. Now, that's with the TLT at 94. So somebody is looking for a lot lower rates into February. Um, do they get it? They could. You know, what if we have enough soft uh, data where the, the Fed basically feels a little more comfortable? Not at this meeting. It's 99% at this meeting. So don't get your hopes up, folks. But January, February timeframe, could we start to see something? Somebody put down a pretty big bet and, you know, they only paid 64 cents for those calls. I wouldn't buy those. I'd buy the 95s um, and start selling, laddering in higher strikes against it because that's what I do. But I think that kind of uh, uh, trade is out there that people are indeed looking for um, an extension of lower for longer or at least pausing for longer. Yeah, it's interesting that the pause could send TLT that high without them actually having to do anything, which I think is exactly what they wanted. Now, all of a sudden, I'm going to have to start like considering that Jerome Powell, even though I'll forever blame him for the problem in the first place, but maybe they're getting this done. Yeah, and they could get lucky about the soft landing. It certainly has been soft so far. And like I've said, even with that, you know, multiple bank failures or forced mergers, however you want to look at it, shutting down crypto rails and all the rest. Um, I think that was part of the narrative. I think you agreed that, yeah, you know, they didn't 100%. like that uh, Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank and these guys were as friendly as Silvergate or as friendly as they were to crypto. Um, so I think they wouldn't have minded uh, putting a little hurting on them. There but, were a couple uh, hundred banks in the exact same financial situation that we've never heard about that have been using the facility or have found a way to remain solvent. But those three, the three banks in the entire planet that seemingly were banking the crypto industry in the United States happened to go down. I'm not huge on uh, tinfoil hats, but that one seems pretty obvious, at least, that uh, yeah. Lizzie Warren and friends uh, made a call. I think so. And, uh, you know, then we even had some of the most worthless, certainly FTT, pretty damn worthless, um, had huge moves. Solana, huge moves. At least Solana has a use. Um, yeah. But FTT after, you know, Sam, uh, nothing but, you know, people that had lined up on the short side of that trade were in a yeah. world of hurt really yes. quick. Yeah. What do we think of crypto here then in context? I mean, I know you've always tracked Bitcoin. I don't know how far down the risk spectrum you go these days, but uh, has this move surprised you? What do you think is driving it? And do you think that uh, it's particularly correlated right now? Do you think that, uh, you know, some bad news from Jerome Powell, which won't happen, could could rock crypto as well? Yeah, it could. Uh, you know, I'm, a, of course, an outspoken uh, hater, outright hater of uh Cohen uh, and what's what he's done at the SEC. I think he's just an yeah, abomination. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But rather than dwelling on that, I'll say, I think despite him, we're going to get a spot Bitcoin ETF. When we do, um, Bitcoin will move 25 to 30% in two days. Um, people are getting ahead of that. I think we'll go back down and test 37 again. 
Scott, I hope I'm wrong because I know you want to root for it. You know, no, I, 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 I think big rip, then a huge dip to take profit. And then we go search for all time highs. I totally agree with exactly what you're saying. I've been saying we should go back to 38 or 30. I said 38. So 30. Yeah. Well, you're pretty much your the same ballpark. numbers are probably yeah. more accurate than mine. Uh, but it seems like on the charts, that's where we had so much difficulty to the upside. And that's where we're likely to find support to the downside. Um, and uh, I, I still like it. Um, I don't know why anybody wouldn't except Elizabeth Warren and, and people that don't like us to have uh, sovereignty over our own wealth. Um, whatever wealth that is, it doesn't have to be billionaires and hundred millionaires, centimillionaires that need Bitcoin, but an awful lot of people do need it, especially if they want to force a digital dollar down people's throats and basically control what they can spend on. You know, ask the people in Canada, ask all your fans in Canada how much they appreciated Trudeau, basically, you know, locking their cash up, taking their credit cards away just because they supported the truckers or whatever it might have been at that particular time. That's what the digital dollar is. It gives them control of your wealth. Yeah, what's interesting, you you talked about the uh, ETF. There was actually some sort of quiet news about it today. I don't know if you saw this. We've obviously seen all of these companies meeting with the SEC, real progress, real resources, real people uh, pushing towards this. But today, BlackRock's Bitcoin ETF now invites participation from Wall Street banks. A change to the structure of proposed spot Bitcoin ETFs would enable authorized participants to create new shares in the fund with cash rather than only with cryptocurrency. This means they're doing this literally for the JP Morgans and Goldman Sachs of the world to not have to put Bitcoin on their balance sheet by participating in the ETFs. They can do it with cash. It's actually quietly a very, very big move for those who like have concern for how they would structure this if the big institutions want to get in there. It feels like, listen... Larry Fink's not on TV calling crypto a flight to quality if he doesn't think this thing is getting approved and has a shit ton of AUM lined up for it, right? It, BlackRock's not launching an ETF and like 20 million comes in and they're like, whatever, right? I mean, they're getting ready for a flood here. Yep, I agree. And in many cases, it could be that firms like uh, BlackRock uh, and, uh, you know, Wisdom Tree, all the folks that have put up for this um, would likely be buyers as well as Michael Saylor. You know, it's, uh, can they buy in anticipation of uh, an approval, which means they could be, you know, stocking up on the stuff at cheaper prices here? Sure, sure. Uh, And I think that it's likely that we'll see more of those that think that they could be the first one out of the gate or one of the first out of the gate to have been buying on the way up here. It's not an insider trade because they don't know no. if it's going to be approved, but yeah. they certainly know the conversations are ongoing. We, we know exactly why Bitcoin is where it is right now. I think uh, there's a lot of consensus that everybody's trying to get ahead of that obvious trade. I don't even know if you saw this one in, in institutional news. I just brought this up as well. This is uh, Howard Lutnick, the CEO of Cantor Fitzgerald. Talk about another massive powerhouse. I'm a big fan. Cantor Fitzgerald CEO praises Tether and Bitcoin. So he said Bitcoin. He likes decentralization. He basically said to be dismissive of all other crypto. But the head scratcher here that got people absolutely going nuts is he said, I'm a big fan of this stable coin called Tether. I hold their treasuries. So I keep their treasuries and they have a lot of treasuries. He said, uh, I th- uh, then he said down here, they're over 90 billion now. I'm a big fan of Tether. 
Tether's been the most like fudded, neglected, you know, bad news ever. And it just casually comes out in conversation that Cantor Fitzgerald is custodying their treasuries. Well, and, you know, if 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 he's got a customer that's that big in Tether, um, uh, that he has 90 billion um, yeah. in treasuries against it for a stable coin, I'd say that's, uh, uh, number one, Howard's a smart guy. He's a friend. Um, he's a smart guy, and he's, how could you talk bad about a customer that's that big for you? Yeah. I mean, he, he can yeah. figure out ways to make money with that. And I'm sure that Howard is probably rooting on Bitcoin, but very happy about, uh, you know, what's going on and has gone on with Tether. So before I let you go, I have a comment over here that you need to read. OK, this one specifically okay. is from a guy, Gregory Russell. My back still hurts from John running me over on the trading floor. <laughs> that was over two decades ago. LOL. <laughs> How many people do you run over on the trading floor, John? Um, I, I don't remember running over anybody on the trading floor. You said, um, you know, you, hey, you've told me the story how being in the pits was very physical and that the fact that you were oh, big yeah. and had played football was a uh, huge, uh, you know, boon for you. Yeah, it was. Um, and I loved the floor. You would have loved it, Scott. The great thing about the floor is, you know, it was uh, backgammon players, chess players, cops, people that were managers of McDonald's. All you had to do is be able to calculate fractions relatively quickly. And if you were aggressive and cut your losses, you know, use discipline, um, you could make a lot of money down on the trading floor. And and I hope our uh, commenter made a lot of money down there. And I, I I would say LOL about me running somebody over. Maybe my I hope brother. He's not, Pete, I hope you're not like on his hit list or something, you know, like yeah, the guys. Maybe list. my brother Pete ran him over and everybody confuses us. By the way, Scott, next time I'm on, we got to plug our book. Um, like but I forgot. Let's... I forgot to tell you before we came on. Um, it's called "It's Not an Option," and the commercials have started running on CNBC. So if you guys are tired of this ugly mug, you're going to start seeing it every day, multiple times a day. CNBC, <laughs> Fox, CNN, Bloomberg—we're running them everywhere again. This is our fifth book, our fourth book together, my brother Pete and I, and it's called "It's Not an Option." Where can and we get if it? You go to that website. You can get the thing. It just came out yesterday. Oh, literally just came out. Awesome. So everybody, guys, go get that. I've read the other books. Absolutely incredible. Obviously, I'm a huge fan. He said Matt Suey got me too. Oh, uh, ran yeah, him over well, Matt Suey. Now there, there was a tough little guy. Um, you know, fullback for Peyton. Uh, Matt was a great Penn State running back. Smart guy. Pretty quiet but uh, did very well on the trading floor. Matt was a smart guy. I'm trying to get out of the way of uh, ex-NFL players personally, so I'll, <laughs> I'll be in the corner uh, hanging out by myself. John, thank you so much. Guys, everybody buy the book. Also follow John right down below. Uh, let's get you and Pete on to talk about the book soon. We'll get you on. That. I'll, I'll, I'll email you soon. Perfect. Thank you, man. I really, really appreciate it, guys, investing. I appreciate John it. Thank Thanks, you. buddy. All right, man. All right, everybody. That was uh, that was awesome. Go get the book right now. Seriously, you can do it. Hey, before I bring on Chris, there's something I want to bring on. Drusified, are you here? I was. I didn't see you here yesterday, but I thought I saw you here today. But guys, Drusified, our very own Drusified in the chat, quietly has this amazing Etsy store, Crypto Designs Co., where you can buy shirts like SVB Risk Management Department and Bitcoin and Lehman Brothers Risk Management, and you can get Pepe's. 
and you can get Christmas sweaters with FTX and you can get transitory inflation and a million things over here that he, he came, you know, he, uh, he DM'd me like he was going to send me a free sweater. I appreciate that. I'd rather buy it. But guys, like we literally have the opportunity and I literally don't even uh, take sponsors very often. We will soon, but or shill things. But this store is awesome. And you guys should be up in this store. So uh, definitely supporting him by the by the effing dip uh, from Charlie Munger over here. We got go fuck yourself from Elon Musk. All the mugs and shirts and sweaters you need. Guys, buy them. Buy them for uh, each other for Christmas and, and Hanukkah and uh, Festivus. We all celebrate Festivus here. That's my uh, unexpected. Drew, I know you didn't add Drew's fight. You didn't ask me to do that, or but I was digging into it, and it's awesome. I'm going to be buying some stuff. You guys should be doing the same. All right, guys. Now we get to talk, Chris, about the market. What's happening? FOMC. Is it a nothing burger? Do we care? Are you standing up? I am like standing me. up, man. I finally got the desk. It finally came in. Took forever, Dude, but uh, awesome. yeah, yeah. I, I I do not. I've been in this office for a year and a half, which is in my house. I do not have a chair. I've never had a chair in here. <laughs> well, I'm just starting out, so I do have a chair. Um, still, but uh, you know, hey, I'm getting about three, four hours of straight standing. So, uh, you know, just got the desk. Um, really excited about it. Hurt my back not too long ago, so. Uh, needed to do something, but yeah, but that's awesome, man. That's awesome about Drusified, man. Uh, I love to see uh, that. Man. Really quick, really quick, guy. I see someone asking for the link. It's Etsy.com. I don't. I can put it in the description later. I wasn't expecting Etsy.com slash shop slash crypto designs co. Uh, that should get you there. But I think if you go to Etsy and search, I'm uh, just trying to, you know, I don't want to waste all you guys' time. But if you probably search crypto designs co, I'm assuming that this will come up. Yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. That's all from him. So you you get the idea. Do that. Sorry. All right. You were saying. That's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah. Um, but yeah, man, you know, uh, we got FOMC today. I don't think uh, I don't think we get any any kind of surprise rate hike or anything. Um, you know, uh CPI, all that kind of stuff keeps coming down generally. You know, we just had yesterday came in in line with expectations, uh, down 0.1 from last month. So uh core in line again as well. Uh, you know. Energy is down, I think, five and a half percent this year. Um, maybe even better, better than this year, uh, more recently. But anyway, uh, you know that, that that's usually been a big drag as we had the big rally up. Um, you know, after twenty twenty, there when we had that big drop, uh, we had uh, seemed like energy just kind of uh, oil, especially just kind of kept on going up forever. But um, yeah, I don't see uh, I don't see anything come out that says we're going to have any kind of um, surprise rate hike or anything. I think we're we're I th- as a matter of fact, I think the Fed. Um, is, is actually looking at a rate cut. Uh, I would say probably, I, I would say probably end of Q1, I think probably maybe at the latest. Um, you, you like it. So, yeah. so you think, you think it's coming. Is that what, what's the premise behind that? Just, uh, politics getting ramping well, up in the election year. Everything's not broken. Might as well, uh, let it fly. Yeah. I mean, we could do that. You know, uh, there, there's this talk that, uh, Jerome Powell's maybe, you know, uh, done this soft landing, uh, you know, I, I don't know yet. Uh, we'll wait and see what happens. But I mean, damn, you know, uh, S&P and everything's getting up near the all-time highs again already. Uh, you know, wow. it was a year ago. Everybody thought it was uh, the beginning of the end. Uh, you know, big, huge depression coming in. Um, so a lot of people caught off sides this year. 
Uh, the Russell 2000, I think, is most interesting right now because it looks like it may be uh, – I don't have it up at the moment. but uh, Yeah, I'm just bringing your charts up to get ready so I don't forget. But, but yeah, yeah. I, I might pull it up here in a minute. But uh, actually, you know what? Let me go and pull it up here real quick and I can talk about it. Just, it is uh, interesting because it's it. all small caps, and that was kind of what John was just talking about. So Oh, yeah. was he? Okay, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. – um, you know, they, they've been down, and then they went sideways. They've been sideways for almost like 600 days, I believe, here. Yeah, 543 days coming out of here. Um just kind of bring this out here. So where, whereas, you know, your, your majors kind of, uh, your major indexes kept going up, we went sideways. So, you know, we've been sideways here since, uh, right around June of, of 2022. And, uh, I mean, this looks like it's, it's looking a lot like an accumulation range here where, uh, I think we'll get a rally up toward this descending channel resistance and, and potentially a, uh, a rejection there to pull back and then the big breakout. Uh, but man, I mean, you know, it, it that just range low different. bounce. That range low huh? bounce where you have all the that range low bounce where you have all those arrows pointing. I remember watching that here and being like, because it, it was breaking. I was like, man, yeah. are small caps about to like rage or is it freaking over? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I remember kind of emotionally watching that one. Yeah. And so you know, when you think about it, you go, okay, well, um, you know, basically it's been the magnificent seven this year. You know, more more or less. Uh, stocks in general, the large caps have been up about, I think it averaged 5%. Um, and then Magnificent 7 has been up huge, which is why I kept on going up, right? And so I had this question the other day that says, listen, I didn't, uh, somebody was talking about the S&P. They said, man, I don't understand. How can the, the, the Magnificent 7 basically be down and the uh, index still be up? And I said, for the same reason that everything could be down a little bit, they'd be up a lot and it goes up a lot or everything had to be down and they're up a lot and it still goes up. I said, you know, uh, you've got a lot of other stocks in there. And so basically think, you know, just across the entire stock market, if we've had our majors doing well, and now they can start pulling back. And now we've got all these, uh, you know, small caps that are now actually, they, they've been doing their accumulation for almost, you know, 550 days. Well, why the hell can't it continue going up? You know? And so I think it's an important thing to watch right now. I think it's uh, because again, I think it, everybody that's scared of, um, of a crash in 2024 may not actually get that. Uh, based on you know what we're seeing here if we get this kind of movement that i'm that i'm looking at right now so yeah all right let's dig into the crypto charts i know you got a few up there yeah let me see here you got first almost as many bitcoin. tabs as me <laughs> well first thing here's bitcoin you know everybody freaking out um you know we we had this bearish divergence so we got the kick here we got we got basically rejected uh, i can't remember if it was your show or my show where i said we were looking at the top of the you know maybe 50 45,000, the top of this uh channel but we get up there, R3 Dude. pivot, we get rejected. We're finding support at the R2 pivot, uh, the ascending channel uh, resistance as support. This blue line is the 21 SMA. I mean, you know, and we've got this potential kind of parabolic move here, kind of come in maybe. But, I mean, that's all it's been so far. And uh, everybody's very, very bearish right now, which gives me pause about further downside at the moment. I mean, you know, again, everybody jumping on the, oh, we're finally getting it. We've been waiting forever. We're finally getting it but we're not getting any further down, right? So we got this big drop here. And then what happens when, when they get another attempt here, volume's just dropping off considerably, right? Now we've got this hidden bullish divergence, Stoke RSI reset down and oversold, almost bottomed out there. Um, and I still stand by this idea that we came in really aggressively here in the pivot and the odds are we continue up toward at least the R5, but now with this pullback, likely, you know, the R5 up here, 49,000, some change, if not 50,000. So nothing's changed from there. now. Can we still come down? Sure. If we do, we're looking at, you know, maybe 38.8, maybe 32.1, or I mean 
But Ooh, you I, just I, threw you know, a casually slip 32-1 in there, going to scare people. 38-1, you're saying, guys. You know, what I was going to say there was everybody has been still waiting for that. I know I'm getting like a lot of DMs from people who haven't bought all this here, and now they're really thinking, okay, I'm going to get this 30000 32000 And honestly, I, I don't think you do. I think if it comes down for the this right here is going to hold, um, you know, and it goes up. Now, I could be wrong, but damn, right? So uh, right now, I like what we're seeing here. Uh, I like when we zoom into 15 minute what we're seeing. Uh, if we clear this, uh, what was this yesterday's swing high? This is the bit stamp chart here. Uh, that's about 42,071. If we clear that, there's little reason why we shouldn't fill in this uh, this daily fair value gap all the way up here to the R three pivot back up here to you know 43 and a half thousand. And if we're there, why why are we coming back down? We're not. You know, we're going right back up. So um, had a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of very bearish. Uh, comments yesterday uh, on Twitter, but um, or X or whatever the hell it's called, and uh, I just I you know could it go down? Sure, but uh, right now it's not saying it's going to. So we'll see what happens, right? Yeah, so that kind of leads. So yeah, what does this mean for you for the rest of the market? Like we've got this kind of correction. I mean, there's been a lot of altcoins still running. Or oh yeah, yeah. One of my like. I think one of my more favorite ones to look at. This is on your OKX exchange. A uh, ton USDT. Uh, this is the daily. Bounce. Stoke RSI reset down and oversold. RSI just about reset. We had this big pullback here. Um, I think I think kind of, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm really thinking this is probably the end of the pullback here. And we're going to rally up. But, you know, if you want to be, you know, more safe, you can wait till a breakout above this kind of swing high here at about $2.37. But if you get that, I think we'll go up $3 and, you know, $3 and a quarter or so uh, on that one. And I think that's one of the better setups. Uh, because so many of the alts are, you know, overbought or almost overbought here on Stoke RSI and RSI on the daily. This one had this nice dip, large demand wick, lots of uh, demand showing up. And, uh, you know, finding support around that S1. So we're breaking out here. We should be looking up there. So that's one of my favorite ones right now. Um, we've got some smaller ones here. Everybody watching AVAX. AVAX just continues to pop up higher and higher and higher. Um, we've got three waves down here. We broke out above it. So that's to suggest that this is corrective and we're going to head up higher. Um, now that doesn't mean we can't have a flat where we rally up to the swing high here and then pull back to the swing low and then go or a triangle. But nonetheless, based on the height here of this pullback, we should at least get to 49 and a half. So psychological 50 level right there. Um, and, and you know, it, so I, you know, I, I don't want to really give much bigger targets to that right now, because again, you know, this is the four hour, but like I was saying with the daily, right? Very well overbought daily Stoke RSI and RSI um, coming up in there. But yeah, here's I feel the thing. like we'll get rotation. I, I feel like what we're happening yeah. is like you got this huge. I was talking about this yesterday, and I think they'll all continue to run. But like Solana had its huge run and their whole ecosystem <laughs> ran. Then AVAX yeah. had its huge run, but the whole ecosystem, everything related to it ran. Yeah. So maybe as each of these cools down, then it goes to like we saw Cosmos was starting to do that and their whole ecosystem yeah. yesterday. And then DOT, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think we're just doing that cycle where people like right. move money from one to the next. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, those that, that have the means to do so are going to do so. Most of the market is going to continue to, um, you know, be bearish. And even if they get in, they're probably going to paper hand it pretty quickly just because they're so scared they're going to lose money. And they want to get in because everything's been rallying so much and maybe they haven't been in so much this year. Uh, but, you know, the first signs that things are going to get a little scary for them, you know, they're going to freak out. But, yeah, I think we got 49.50 at least. And you know what? If we continue up through there, I mean, look up here around $57. It's the R5 pivot on the daily. Again, aggressive move into the pivots here, rallying up. Same thing I was talking about on Bitcoin. Uh, you know, reject the R3, pull back to the R2. Bitcoin just pull back a little bit further. 
you know, break out higher and continue there. So I think there's a little bit more still left for AVAX here uh, coming into it. Uh, let me see what I got. I got Cass here. Cass has been another one that uh, has really been moving, you know, up from the, the lows down here in May. Just, it's just, it's just beautiful here. Beautiful bit. Got some accumulation here, reaccumulation, rally back up. I believe we've got reaccumulation happening again right here. This is a daily. So this is another one kind of like ton. Uh, Stoke RSI reset down and oversold. RSI about neutral, starting to curl back up. We've got this great looking uh, range starting out here. So if we can get some impulsive breakout here, um, at least the descending resistance and uh, preferably the mid range right here around, uh, what is that? Right around 13.3 cents. Uh, I think that gets us a minimum expected target at uh, about 18.6 cents or so. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So okay. I'm, I'm looking at that. Um, I, th I think, you know, but again, we want to see that breakout. We've got three waves down here or finishing out three waves. We might dip to that pivot. If you see a dip to that pivot on a smaller time frame, like a four hour, one hour, and you've seen some sort of uh, bullish divergence, hidden bullish divergence, pin bar on that support there, something like that, it's probably a good indication it's going to reverse there and, and you know, and kind of just take off up through this range here and continue up. But minimum 18.6, uh, or so cents, I think. Uh, and that could open up a bit further, you know, 21 and a half cents here at R2. but. Minimally, I think that's what we get. What was that? Anything else? I said anything else. What else you got? Uh, Rainer's been, you know, Rainer's been another one's been running, 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 running. Four hour here. Um, again, you know, looks like we got a three three wave move down. Um, so I've I've got this target up here about four dollars and sixty four cents. Uh, we'll see if we can kind of get there if we pull this out to the daily. Uh, let's see here. Come on. There we go. Uh, through the daily again, you know, getting overbought here, Stoke RSI getting overbought. So, I mean, I think we kind of see that. If we can get a rejection there, I'd look for a pullback, you know, down into this wick here, maybe around three and a half dollars and see if you can get a reversal out of that. If you can't, if you can get a reversal out of that, it's likely going to break out, you know, above whatever that uh, swing high has been there and head up higher. Uh, but really, it's, it's the loss here. It's the loss here around uh, three dollars that'll really kind of say, OK, we're probably going to pull back, you know down here toward $2, $2.10 yeah. if we lose that. As long as we've got that, though, especially if we get caught in this wick right here, like I was just saying, around the $3.50, I think it'll, you know, pull back. I think we'll continue up uh, a bit more anyway, at least. So, But, you know, like AVAX, I think it's kind of getting a little, a little uh, long in the tooth there. Yeah. Can uh, I point something out real quick? Yeah, I've been a, this is something I've been doing in the in my newsletter, actually, if you guys aren't subscribed, the wolfden.substack.com. But what I've been doing the last week, because everybody always wants set up, set up, setups, and I took all this time. I said, I'm just going to start taking all the coins three or four a day and just charting the weekly levels and just have fun, right? Zoom out, chart the weekly levels, do with them what you want. But I want to show you why that's so important when we got this correction, right? Now, ADA is breaking, but look where it stopped. And earlier this morning, it was right at a key weekly level that I showed. Matic rejected right at a major key weekly level. Solana rejected right at a major key weekly level. These are, mind you, these are all the ones that have run before, right? Link rejected at the most key weekly <laughs> level that you have right there. AVAX getting rejected right now at a key weekly level. So all of these have run level to level on large time frames, And then you can just start to, uh, injective, by the way, uh, making a new all-time high. HBAR yeah. hasn't gotten there, right? So HBAR breaking out and still going up. Adam breaking through a key weekly level. We're talking about the Cosmos system. So now that should run up to 15. So you can see these cycles, I think, just by looking at the like really high time frame levels. That's why I just started sharing them. 
I don't want to tell you what to do. Do what you want with them. But if you're right at resistance, you can literally just go to another L1 that is breaking resistance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because, you know, for those that don't know, I mean, th that's what happens here generally uh, in crypto as we go through cycles, you know. Um, you're going to get these um, these cycling through the, you know, the different, um, you know, market caps and whatnot and uh, different projects. And so, yeah, you know, it, it just it doesn't guarantee anything's going to do anything. But, man, yeah. you know, if, if you want to get an easier way of, hey, let's fare what to enter, um, just pay attention to, you know, to what's actually rallying there and, and you know, and look at the next one. Um, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. This guy says that's not a setup. Yeah, that's the point. I'm telling you, here's just the levels. <laughs> just play them level to level and stop worrying about it. It's, you know, easy. Yeah, real quick here. I kind of posted this, uh, the I think, yesterday there, on, or yeah, yesterday or the day before there on Twitter. And uh, it's Amazon. Uh, not saying it's, a you know, an ascending triangle, but just trying to point out we've got, uh, you know, consolidation up toward resistance, looking for the breakout. We broke out this morning. We've got a lot of room here on the daily RSI and Stoke RSI to continue up. I think minimally, uh, you know, as long as we continue up above where we got today, 155 uh, and three quarters is, is, is the easy target, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks like a pretty great setup um, heading up through there. Uh, maybe, maybe we get there and kind of pull back down toward, you know, this congestion area before heading up higher. But uh, it's, you know, it's a pretty easy target based on um, continuing to rally on this breakout. So, yeah. Perfect. And other than there's that, a, um, there's man. a request for you. Will you chart one for somebody? <clears throat> sure. Hold on. Uh, Christopher Walker, Scott, can Chris chart the stock for us? AQST feel like it's ready to break out. Might as well take the one guy asking for something. Christopher's always here. You guys have the same name. Yeah, yeah, he's got the same name. That's what I got to. Uh, yeah. AQST. AQST. Stock AQST. I have no idea what this is, guys. Just you no. know, trying to help you guys out. Don't have to. You just have to uh, see the chart, right? Uh, can I put it up here? AQST. AQST. Quest of Therapeutics. Yeah, let's see your volume. Oh, volume's okay. Uh, and what did he say this one looks like? What? Let me go back. Uh, looks like it's ready to break out. I don't really see that visually. Looks I mean, it's like finding support here where it. you would want it to yeah. find support. Um, to me, breakout uh, always means like it's at a key level and about to push through, and that looks like it's kind of hanging out in the middle of that consolidation. But Maybe it means breakdown. Um, well, I mean, it looks like we've got... Uh, Come off the swing low here. It looks like potentially one, two, three, four. So, I mean, locally, um, if we can get a rally back up through here, yeah, we should be looking around this R1 pivot here on the weekly, which gets us right around $3.25. Um, and as you can see, you know, it's key level there. As you can see, if you look across, uh, support level in that. So um, I, think, I think locally here, let me zoom back out again here for the daily. See that daily Stoke RSI is reset down there. Um, let me kind of zoom in just a bit more here, four hour. Eh, not really a clean look down here, but yeah, if we if we can pop out above this pivot here, right around two dollars and a quarter, I think we go to three and a quarter, uh, getting up there. So if we do break down further, I'd look for a rally here off the S one, right around a dollar and three quarters, uh, and in that case. We'd actually go up there to around three dollars and forty cents. So yeah, if we break out right. here, three and a quarter. If we get down the S one, I'd look for a reversal there, and then we break out here. We think we're looking up there around three dollars and forty cents. Perfect. Well, see guys. Oh. See, don't say we never did anything for you. All right, man, that was awesome. Yeah. Guys, follow TX West Capital 
Uh, we're gonna be off next week, Chris. I didn't tell you, but uh, I'm gonna I'm not uh, doing YouTube. Gonna be obviously kids are off, so that means I'm off at least. Ah, uh, yes, whatever. yes, right. So, um, awesome. but uh, you got you got anything going on special for the holidays with your subscribers? I, I'm throwing mm -hmm. this out there. I don't know, but like, are you? What are your plans uh, with with what's going on with the group? Yeah, so you know we're we're delving much much more into coaching. Um, so we're gonna actually raise our prices uh, at the beginning of the year quite a bit. So I'm gonna have one more um, special for people to get in. Uh, they can get it in for a lot less than the current uh, annual, and they'll be able to keep that uh, that price if they you know if they choose to renew their year after year. Uh, rather than we're we're gonna raise price, we're probably about double prices. So um, it's well worth it. Uh, you know, again, just kind of understanding how markets work and. Uh, how to play them and why I don't subscribe to all the emotional stuff that everybody kind of throws out there. And, uh, you know, basically teaching you how to do what, what I did this year, which is all these damn bottoms and calling them out there and getting on them. So yeah, that's what we're going to do. In the face of a whirlwind of haters. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah, all always, right, guys, always. that's all we got. Got uh, 20 minutes until spaces. I got to go prep for that. And then I'll be back tomorrow. Chris, man, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Always. See you when we're back. Bye, everyone. And go buy a shirt or a mug or a sweater from Juicified. Do it now. There you Take go. Take it. Do it. All right. Bye, guys. That's dope.